How do you feel great on vacation? Like really good? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool white sand beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll immerse yourself in natural wonder and find your center on an island where things move at your speed. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. Welcome to the Confident Retirement Podcast. Is doing the most important things alone a good idea? How comfy are you with your choices when it comes to life's biggest decisions? What is real peace of mind with financial confidence and how can you get it? Chris Fleming and Mark Peachy are the founders of LPF Advisors in Sarasota, Florida. On the show, they bring together the best and brightest minds to share with you how to have a more confident financial picture. They empower listeners with simple, common sense and financial wisdom. And now, here are your hosts from LPF Advisors. I want to thank everybody for joining us for the Confident Retirement Podcast. I am Chris Flaming, co-owner of LPF Advisors and your host today. And with me today, I have Hillary Seahorn from Blue Ridge Insurance Group. She's going to join us today to talk uh, specifically about Medicare, um, all the nuances, the ins and outs of all that stuff, share her knowledge, her expertise, and her personality with us. So Hillary, thanks for being here today on the show. Well, thanks for having me. I'm, I'm looking forward to this. Yes, we're going to have some fun. Let's jump yeah. in. So you have uh, kind of an interesting history on how you got to be where you are today. So take us through that. Okay. Well, actually, my degree is in audiology. Okay. And I worked clinically for about 15 years. And then as life would have it, things kind of changed. And my husband is now a biochemistry professor at Clemson University. But when he was a postdoc at Yale University, his boss invited me in and wanted me to help manage the research lab, which deals with cancer and DNA repair and leukemia lymphoma. So I did that. I took it as a challenge and um, really enjoyed it. And I did that for a while at Clemson. But after a period of time, I found that I really missed the clinical interaction that I had with people being an advocate and helping them in that regards. And, but I needed something with a little more flexibility than you get in, in an audiological or other medical profession, as you know, which could be kind of 24 seven. And I had a friend who said, Hey, I'm needing some help at my insurance company. Is that something you would consider? And I thought about it. I thought, you know, Having worked on the other side of the medical field where you're dealing with the billing and the CPT codes and all that kind of gook that goes into insurance, I thought, well, that might really be an insight that I can bring in and maybe help educate and advocate for the people I see here. And so I've been doing this since 2017, and it's, it's been really fulfilling. Awesome. That, and that's not really a normal path. No, it's say. not. <laughs> yeah, kind of around the way. And I love, your, the way. I love your use of the word gook. I haven't yeah. heard that for a while. So that's a good one. Uh, all right. So if you could kind of go back a few years and give some advice sure. to your younger self in 2017 when you got started, what, what yeah. advice do you think you would give? The most important thing is just education. You know, I, I kind of just dove in 
with both feet. And I would encourage anybody who's starting off in this arena to do the same thing, not be afraid to get down to the nitty gritty. And there's a certain amount, everybody has to pass an exam by the state um, and the federal if you're doing Affordable Care Act stuff. But I like to go a little beyond that and find out all of the reasons for why is the system we have set up the way that it is. Because especially with Medicare, things have changed in the last few years. Yes, that they, they certainly have. And that, that is a good segue into the next question that I have. So I'm hoping that you can demystify this for everybody. Can you kind of explain in simple terms, uh, first, what Medicare Part A and Part B are? Yeah, so traditional Medicare or original Medicare, as it's Mm -hmm. often called, has two parts. There's a Part A, which is your hospital stays and skilled nursing facility Mm -hmm. kind of coverage. Part B, the other part, is doctor's visits, medical testing, and in some cases, certain types of drugs, such as chemotherapy drugs, fall under your Part B coverage. That is the traditional standard Medicare okay. that we hear about. And when do people, when are people either required or when do they have to enroll in those and do those? So usually people enroll into Medicare at age 65. However, if you have a chronic condition such as kidney, end-stage kidney disease or some other disabling condition and you're on disability for two years, then you automatically become eligible for Medicare. Okay. So there are cases where people become eligible for Medicare much prior to 65. Right. Uh, but it's just as important, if not more so, to really have an understanding of Medicaid, of Medicare, if that's the situation yeah. that you're in. And I guess so that's why we sometimes see younger people who are on disability, their primary insurance is Medicare. It's be, Medicare. Be for yes. that reason. Now, all right, so then let's stack on that. And then mm-hmm. what is this whole supplemental word? So okay. in addition to parts A and B. Right. So what happens with traditional Medicare For example, Part A, there's a deductible anytime you go into the hospital for the first four days. Then there are deductibles that stagger, you know, depending how long you're in the hospital. And for Part B, there's a deductible. There's also 20% copay or coinsurance. And in addition, Medicare takes the benefit period is a little different than it is for standard health insurance. So for standard health insurance, for anyone under 65, for the most part, what happens is you have an annual deductible, say that's $2,000. Once you hit that deductible, your, your coverage will change. However, with original Medicare, it's per benefit period. That would mean, for example, with the hospital, if you're in the hospital for four days, right now that deductible is four. If six months from now, you go back into the hospital, that's a new benefit period. So if you're someone who, you know, winds up in the hospital or you have a lot of doctor's bills, you have an unforeseen illness, something like that, all of those co-pays and deductibles can really stack up. So the supplements or Medigap, as they're called sometimes also, they're the same thing. But those are designed to fill in some of those holes 
and take care of either part of or the majority of those out-of-pocket co-pays and co-insurance. Okay. So then, like most things with the government, it, it's not easy, right? So there has to be yeah. a different <laughs> definition. It can't be the same. Yeah. It has to be complicated. Yes. Okay. Yes. And how many supplementals are? There's like an alphabet soup, right? There is an alphabet soup. It goes all the way from, you know, C to N. Not all of those alphabets are available in every state. Okay. So that's something to take in mind. And they all cover different situations and different copays. There are also alphabets that are out there like the plan F, which would cover all of those copays and deductibles. That's great. And a lot of people say, well, why wouldn't you just get that? Well, that aged out in 2020. So if you become eligible for Medicare at this point, you can't get that supplement. Mm. So there are other ones that come into play. Okay. Uh, For example, G is a very popular one and it pays all of your part A deductible and coinsurance. The only thing it does not pay is the part B deductible which this year is $203. Okay. It covers the other 20% and everything else. So what, which um, plan right now would be the most comprehensive available to anyone? The most comprehensive would be Part G. Okay. All right. And, and that, then, that's what we see the most of. And sometimes I, you know, I meet with clients and they're complaining about, well, I got this social security raise cost of living, but then they took it away when they raised the Medicare thing. So what are they they complaining about there? What they're complaining about there is that every year, usually most people get part A, 100%, you've earned it through your working. Mm -hmm. However, with part B, there is a monthly premium. Mm -hmm. That changes every year. So it doesn't go down. It doesn't go down. Unfortunately, like everything else with inflation, <laughs> Medicare is never on sale. <laughs> so that goes up every year. And so that's probably what most people are complaining about. But also the deductibles change every year. Mm. And those don't go down either. Of course not. Okay. So that, And I would just like to add that that's one thing that I see that a lot of people overlook when they mm. start to retire, they just don't have any frame of reference. Yeah. Or the edu- not not that they're not educated, but they haven't been educated about Medicare enough. Yeah. You don't know what you don't know. Exactly. Right. Until yeah. you're in the middle of it, and then you realize this is not the Medicare that my parents had or my grandparents. Yeah. Had. yeah. And I, I've often said that you almost need like a college degree or certification <laughs> in order to decipher all that stuff, all the things they get in the mail leading up to their 65th birthday. And that that's a good segue into my next question. So what would the advantages be of using a trusted advisor who's knowledgeable in this um, area? Well, I always like to say the reason that you would come to me and not go to somebody else or try to do it on your own is that uh, this, is kind of, this is what I live and breathe. This is what mm. I do every day. Anyone who comes into my office, you're like family. Mm. My job is to help educate you and to be an advocate. I would love if I could also help you too to find what you need, but if not, that's okay too. My main goal is I want to make sure that people understand Mm. what you're getting into with Medicare because a lot of people feel the most popular they've been in their life is right before they turn 65. Mm -hmm. Because like you said, they get all the mailings, they get all the phone calls, all of a sudden everybody wants to talk to them. 
there's a whole lot of information shoved at them. It's not always 100% honest or it's, mm-hmm. it's phrased in a way that's a bit confusing. Mm-hmm. And a confused mind says no. A confused mind just says, whoa, this is getting to be way too much. So if you could come in and see me or somebody like me who can say, okay, let's just break this down into little bite-sized nuggets so that you can make the best informed decision, not only for you, but, you know, we like to say budget doesn't come into it, but it does. Yeah. And yeah. lifestyle. And you want the best coverage you can get, but you also want coverage that you can afford. So first education, then understanding, then you can make an informed decision that is in alignment with with your budget. Yeah, yeah. Within your budget, but also within your needs. If you're somebody, for example, who takes a lot of pharmaceutical medications, you're going to want to make sure you get a plan that's also going to cover all of your medications. Yeah, that would be that would be important. Yeah, Yeah, you know, you can have a great plan, but if it doesn't cover all your medications you're going to find yourself in a bind. Right. Now, is there is there one of those that you have to enroll in, you must enroll in by a certain age? Otherwise, there's some kind of penalty or something? Right. Or a- so if you get a medic, say you're going to you have original Medicare and a supplement, those are great, but there's no pharmaceutical coverage in that. You need to get a Part D, which is your prescription coverage only. But you do have to enroll in that when you first enroll in Medicare. The only exception would be is if you are delaying your Part B because you work at an office that provides you with health care coverage. But the most important thing is you need to make, and you can do that, that's great. But you need to make sure that your pharmaceutical coverage is what is called creditable. Okay. Increditable means that the drug coverage part of that insurance is going to cover at least what Medicare says is necessary for the minimum level of coverage. Okay. If it doesn't, and I've seen this happen to people, and they come in and they say, okay, we delayed our Part B, we're going to get signed up for Medicare and the supplement and the Part D, all of a sudden, the Medicare services comes back and said, uh but you didn't have credible coverage. Mm. So now you're going to pay a penalty every month for every month you didn't have Part D coverage on top of the premium. Oh my, okay. And you don't want that. Nobody no, wants that. no, nobody <laughs> wants that, right. So is there something that you like, especially about your business right now or that you most enjoy? I really enjoy the fact that I am able to do more outreach that sort of, with COVID, we lost that for a little bit. Yeah. One of the things that I really enjoy that's coming back is I am able to get out and do more of these educational seminars okay. where I just meet with people in a new, you know, we usually go out for have a coffee or lunch or whatever, and I get a group of people together. It's no obligation, but all we do is the ins and outs, Medicare 101, basically. And it gives people a chance to ask the questions that they have. Mm-hmm. in an environment where they don't feel like something's riding on it. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> they're not obligated. It's relaxed. We're not in a rush. Where they can ask those questions and, and get answers for them. And I think, too, the nice thing about having a group of people is there's always somebody who has a different perspective who may ask a question that you haven't even thought of, but that matters to you. Yeah. 
you didn't know that you needed to know that, but when they asked the question, then you needed it. Or when someone asked something, then that was something you were thinking anyway, and right. maybe you weren't going to ask it if they didn't. Right, so. or, or at the very least, you're not alone. Right. Yeah. You're not Strength alone in your confusion. Strength yeah. in number, right, right. We could all be confused together. Yeah. So what do you think is the biggest misconception about Medicare that right. people have? Right now, what I see is there are a lot of plans that either through the media, either you know, in newspaper or the goodness to television ads, where they'll say, Medicare, you can get Medicare for zero dollars. All right, I've seen those. Yeah, you see yeah. those. And the big takeaway is, wow, and if I do this, I can get extra benefits, like hearing some hearing aid coverage or this or that. And it's partially true, right? Mm-hmm. There are Medicare Advantage plans, which are different from original Medicare, in that then a private insurance company manages your Medicare, not the federal government. Mm -hmm. However, you still pay that Part B premium we talked about. Then you may or may not have a premium for the MedAdvantage, the Part C plan. Mm -hmm. However, you're going to have co-pays, you'll have deductibles, and you'll have co-insurance. Yeah. So it's not an entirely cost-free plan. Right. The premium might be, but it's you the still have expenses. Might be zero, and that yeah. might sound really attractive. But right. and the other thing too is that those are all managed care plans. So, so those are private insurers, right? Those are private insurers. So it's going to be either preferred provider organization, or it's going to be an HMO plan, which is a little more restrictive. Right. Versus if you have just Medicare and the Medigap plan, you can go to anybody who sees Medicare patients, accepts Medicare. Okay. So So that's um, the whole public versus private uh, with the the Advantage plans being private versus the public options. And the other thing is the Advantage plans are a little more geographically Restrictive. Restrictive. Okay. More like a traditional health insurance plan. Exactly. Certain More zip like codes. That in that regard. Okay. So I'm curious if you have a example of a satisfying experience you had with a client recently. Obviously not sharing any information that might be confidential, but they came to you, they had some um, needs in the areas, how you were able to help them. Yeah. So one thing I've often found too is that, you know, spouses will come, husband and wife will come in but their needs are very, very different. And so often we find, I find just through talking to them that, for example, with one couple that I dealt with, the husband has been blessed with great physical health. He goes to the doctor maybe once a year, if that, to get an annual checkup. He doesn't take any medications. He's not worried about it, but he needs some coverage and he knows he needs some coverage. He was more concerned about his wife who had a history of cancer and goes down to the cancer center in Houston a couple of times a year and they monitor her. And it's really important that she's able to do that. So he was very concerned that she was not going to be able to stay with the same doctors that have been treating her or that she might not have the coverage for medications that she needed. So that's a situation where they had wildly you know, varying needs. And they were, so in the end, he wound up with a Medicare Advantage plan, you know, the private plan that was very happy with him. The other thing is he also understood, because this is one thing we haven't addressed, but that you can change your plans. 
so you're not stuck with whatever you choose for forever. So he decided for him, he wanted to go with a Medicare Advantage plan, spend a little less money because he didn't really, you know, feel like he needed coverage, but he knew he had to have coverage. And then for the wife, we did the Medicare, original Medicare with a gap. And we found a robust Part D that would cover all of her medications. And she knew that because she had original Medicare, that she could still go down to MD Anderson and still see those doctors who had saved her life and, you know, were trying to help make sure that she had the best quality of life. So that was really gratifying to be able to come in because they were very concerned when they walked in the door and overwhelmed (laughs) because not only had they been hearing things, you know, on the TV and all this stuff coming to the house, they had family members chiming in who may or may not have known, (laughs) you know, uh, that were trying to impress their opinions on them and they just weren't sure where to turn. Yeah. That's that dreaded brother-in-law thing where yes. they, they know everything. They don't have any money. Exactly. They don't have any money or anything, but they have an opinion. Right. Yeah. They've never been to the doctor in their life, but they're going to yeah. tell you what you need. Well, and, and I find so many times that uh, spouses just think, well, they have to get the same plan for both of them, or that's what they want to do because that's just what they've done in other stuff. You know, exactly. like they're, maybe they're yeah. investing where they've just done similar where, and it has to be customized to the person's situation. Exactly. Yeah. Well, that's just the way they did all their other healthcare. Right. So why would yeah. Medicare be any different? Right. So I'm curious about your first memory of money. So we're jumping over to some some personal questions okay. here, Hillary. So <laughs> first first memory of money. Let's hear it. So my first memory of money. My great grandfather had gone to Scotland, mm. and he had brought me back a neat little camo shanter looking coin purse. And he filled it full of silver dollars. Oh, wow. So it was a big deal. I had my own money. I had my own little purse, probably about four. And within a day or two, I went to peek in there and there were no coins. Mm. Long story short, we found that my brother had eaten them. <laughs> was left you at the time. <laughs> so that, that's a whole other part of the story there. <laughs> oh, my goodness. He swallowed the metal? He swallowed all of them. So there were a few days of waiting to see. (laughs) Yeah, that probably explains a lot about him today. Yes, it does actually. (laughs) It explains quite a lot. There you go. But I just remember those silver coins and and that little purse and thinking that was the neatest thing in the world that I had these things that were mine. Yeah, that's neat. And what do you think probably your biggest life accomplishment is? Either... Personally or professionally or both? I think really looking back on it, it's uh, the fact that I've been able to adapt Mm. to things and that I've never, I mean, I've come across challenges that are hard, things that require more of me, but there's never been anything where I've said, this is just too much or it's not worth it. Okay. So your adaptability and your ability to take on, I guess, new challenges? Yes. Okay. And and in your business, what do you see when you look forward the next one, three or five years? What do you see as probably being your biggest business opportunity? I think my biggest business opportunity is what I've been doing, I think, with the outreach. I think Mm -hmm. that's so important. 
being there for people and not having it seem such like, okay, I'm making a healthcare decision because you, but you are, Mm -hmm. but being an advocate for people and helping to educate people because I don't see Medicare getting any simpler. (laughs) No, why, Um, why would they do that? We don't want to make it simple. Exactly. (laughs) You know, we, we forgot, keep it simple a long time ago, but I think anything that I can do to help educate people and advocate for people is what I'd like to do. And, and I just see opportunities growing there because in general, we're an aging population. Yes. So there yeah. going to only be more people who are partaking of this. I feel older every day, <laughs> even though I'm not close to Medicare. <laughs> well, I have two teenage daughters. So yeah, they make me feel oh. a little older every day. <laughs> yes, that's right. Well, I say my kids keep me young. My spouse is the one that gives me the gray hair and makes me old. <laughs> I don't know if she appreciates that or not. Okay. And what do you see as your biggest obstacle, like in your business? What, what do you see as being your the thing that you have to overcome? Yeah, I think the biggest obstacle is the predatory stuff that that just becomes a part of it where you can, you know, anyone who, you can get a list for anyone who's aging into age 65. And as long as you send that, your ad out to everyone who's in that demographic in that area, you legally you can do it. Mm. And unfortunately, I think it winds up doing more of a disservice. I'm, I'm not saying that people's motivations are not great, but I think it just gets really overwhelming and it, and it over confuses something that doesn't have to be yeah. difficult. Yeah, and I see a lot, you probably can relate to this, where it gets to a point where the more information you have, it gets the inability to make a decision. So yes, there's yeah, too much well, info, I can't make a decision, I've looked at too much, I'm on information overload, I'm just not gonna do anything. Right, or, yeah, or I'll just make us do something at the last minute just to do it, and it might have might not have been right. Right, just to shut somebody up. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. 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 I worry about that. It's really weird because, in one hand, it's too much information, mm-hmm. but the flip side of that is, at the same time, it's not enough of the right information. Yeah. Exactly. And, and that's what makes it difficult. Right. Yeah. It's incomplete. Hmm. So how do you keep up with changes then to the Medicare system and what's going on? Because you said the deductibles change, the co-pays change, the supplemental part changes. So how do you keep up with all that? Well, I keep up with the Center for Medicare Services does a really good job Mm. of making sure that we are abreast of everything that's happening. In fact, there's an annual education that we have to do and have to pass about Medicare that starts up. I think this year it's starting toward the end of June and there's a test that we have to take and we have to pass that test in order then to work with all the insurance companies and pass their education for what's coming up for the following year. And we we usually do that the end of June up to, you know, the end of September, really gearing up for that next open enrollment year. Um, Open enrollment for Medicare is October 15th. December 7th every year. Okay. And is that when people can change plans? Is that That's the only, when, is that the only time? Well, the only other time you can change plans is if you have a special enrollment period. Say if you're in one of these managed plans, you move to a different zip code. The plans changes because they are, you know, yeah. or if you've had a death or a marriage, things like that. Other than that, or on occasion, there are plans that just, you know, go belly up. We've seen that happen from time to time. That's rare, but 
it has happened, then you have an, a special enrollment period. So that's you, like, I think about it as like a qualifying event. Yes, kind of. it has to yeah. be a qualifying event. Yeah, yes, and, or otherwise you're in that October to December range. Yes. Okay, so yeah. even if you made what you might think was a good choice at the beginning, if you later learn that it was a bad one, you only have to wait so long before you can switch less than right. a year or, for the open you enrollment. Know, not necessarily that you've made a bad change, but maybe your needs have just changed. Sure. Right. And I always tell people, especially with the drug coverage, even if you're happy with it, get it evaluated because the formularies for what medications are covered and the tiers they're on changes. So even if you're happy with a plan, it may not be the best plan for you going forward as yeah. your needs change. Again, you, you don't know what you don't know. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. You might just be comfortable. Yeah. All right. So Hillary, if people want to reach out, and uh, connect with you, what's the best way for them to do that? The best way would be to call my office, which is 864-985-8681. Okay. Or they can contact me via email, um, which is hchorn.brig at gmail.com. Okay. And do you, any website or anything like we that? We have a website. It's get schealthcoverage.com, SC for South Carolina. Okay. And is that the state you're licensed in in order I'm to I'm licensed in South Carolina and North Carolina. Okay. You got the Carolinas covered. I got the Carolinas covered. <laughs> I got the, the whole world, the thing. Got all that. Okay, cool. Listen, Hillary, it was a joy having you on the program. I really enjoyed interviewing you and you enlightened me. And this is really good information. Very important to a large number of people. And I want to thank everyone for joining us on the Confident Retirement Podcast brought to you by LPF Advisors, where we are raising the retirement confidence of people every day, just a little bit, one episode at a time. Thanks, everyone. And we will see you next time. You've been listening to the Confident Retirement Podcast with Chris and Mark from LPF Advisors. For more information on them and retiring confidently, please visit lpfadvisors.com. If your ears are pleased and your mind is now at ease, do share the program with your friends and subscribe wherever podcasts are found.